welcome to the No Hards Barred Witchcraft podcast. And yes, that's my voice, not Dickhead Liam's, the robot. Um, we're going to start, apparently I needed to intro today, because he reckons I've picked the topic. Well, not really, that's not that's not really what's happened. What's happened is oh, here we go. an interesting conversation this week with some different people, and now I'm thinking... I probably need to report back after that meso problem I had a few months ago. What, the Mesopotamian problem? You've had a Mesopotamian encounter, Chris? Well, I don't know if I'm going to call it an encounter. Oh. Um, but obviously you all heard on the podcast me get um, coded out, I think is is the best word I can come up with it. Um, not not being able to get involved with the second half of a podcast that I still haven't listened to, by the way. So I don't know how much shit you talk the second half. I can't remember that. Was that last week's, was it? No, that was like, I don't know, about eight episodes ago. Right. I have one question. Go on. You're going to listen to it, are you? Is that on your list of things to do? Yes. Right. Is that above or below cracking out this mythology series for the Patreon? Oh, my God. So this is what you're going to play, is it, Liam? Is no, 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 no. It's a genuine question. It's a genuine question. Is that how you're going to play it? Because we could book in, like, an, a podcast where we discuss what you were unhappy with about that podcast and such. But I don't know if this is going to be something that ever happens <laughs> rude anyway i went with the do as i say not as i do because kind of what my realization is about kind of what happened there because what that shouldn't have happened like it shouldn't have been possible for something like that to kick off so basic on such a basic level you know that's not that's not super witch behavior is it um and we both know that i probably would have said something i shouldn't have said granted but at the same time it shouldn't have had that level of chaos for the weeks that ensued afterwards um and then so is this you if is this you in a roundabout way uh, admitting to being bested in a magical sense. No, not at all. Oh. This is about because <laughs> for a second though, that's almost what it sounded like. But one can never tell with you. Not at all. What I'm saying is that my practice, since my job changed in January, yeah, is shit. Yeah. Um, and yet, obviously, we've continued for the last you know, almost eight months um, supporting our Patreons, etc., with their own magical quests and uh, and plans and all that kind of stuff. And me sitting there a lot of the time going, I can tell you what you're supposed to be doing when I'm not currently doing it myself. Um, and I kind of wanted to just kind of talk about that a bit because obviously magical practice has to fit around our mundane lives. Mm. Um and for us, we don't necessarily have as much of a mundane life as the average person. We don't so, get out much, is that what you're saying? It's what I'm basically saying. Um, and because of that, there's a knock-on effect. Um, and I just kind of wanted to talk about mine and your, your experiences and kind of, you know, probably on the other half with uh, our patrons after the watershed. Um, kind of delve a little bit deeper about kind of fuck-ups that have happened for us in the sense of basic stuff that shouldn't really happen uh, except when we're not taking care of ourselves magically. Um, I just thought it'd be an interesting conversation to have, particularly because we've had, you know, had the odd patron of this last, last year or so, their lives get too hectic or too crazy to practice um, and they beat themselves up about it. Whereas actually, what is that kind of bottom standard, Liam, that we 
kind of have to say you have to be maintaining yourself at this point because there's you know as you well know once you've kind of agreed shall we say to this life there is no kind of turning back with it like you keep practicing if you stop practicing um the universe still carries on and therefore you play catch up afterwards when you rejoin it and the knock-on effect is a stroke normally brain hemorrhage because what needs to be required for you to truly let go is to become a different person so parts of the brain actually physically need to be destroyed it's not a very nice process but it does happen i agree with you i go out once a week on a social capacity i go to the pub tuesday night and when i go to the pub i go to the pub to meet a bunch of witches and weird people so like i agree i don't have much of a lie um <laughs> i've got a new job though chris i've got a new job beating people up but we can talk about that um maybe uh, privately um yes. but yeah so okay so what, is this some sort of humility episode where we you know let people to, in and talk about how shit we are about certain things or or what to a little, super to a little, might be to a little extent my my thoughts are more being a cautionary tale of kind of reminding <laughs> people quite currently that what happens when you don't maintain your practice once you hit certain levels i'm not talking about the dabblers let's not let's not you know right. stoop so low um, and talk about, you know, I'm sure if one of these uh, Wiccan neo-Wiggans neo decides to suddenly not not tie plastic to trees, that there's some bad things going to happen to them. I'm not talking that level stuff. What I'm talking about is people that are actually practising. So at this point, wielding power, that power doesn't switch off. So just because you've stopped practising for whatever reason on the short term doesn't mean that energy doesn't keep building up around you um and my my comment is more people don't seem to think about what that actually looks like energetically and what that feels like for mundanes around you you know that kind of nuclear fallout that falls because it you know it's the same when we've talked about it i think briefly and i'm sure we will on the um the fausty about reiki is that kind of um, that energetic stuff with healing energy, for example. If you become a regular healer and what you do is heal people, if you're then in isolation for a couple of months, that healing energy will build up and will start to make you sick. Like there is that kind of impact of you've made a choice and you must practice that choice. Otherwise, it's going to throttle you because mm. you've you've signed up to that and i'm not talking about soul contracts before people get confused by what i'm what i'm saying what i'm saying is you have opened a floodgate of the kinds of energy that you are naturally around those will build up around you and inside you and depending on what those energies consist of too much of a good thing can make you sick that kind of you know that kind of point of that energy builds up if you don't have an outlet for it it will start to impact you negatively um and i don't think people think about it in that way they think about it oh well um i need to do a spell this week so i'm going to conjure all this energy then don't think about the actual residual stuff that's already building um which is why a lot of these kind of naturals cause big disasters um, is because they come to do a simple spell and it's overpowered. And the main reason for it's overpowered is you've been doing nothing with that build-up for two weeks beforehand. Um, you know, it's like your your usual um, analogy of going to the gym. Like, if you're lifting weights every week and you're having to eat that diet that makes you have the energy that you need, you stop lifting weights the next week and you start carry on eating because that's the habit you're already in. Um, 
you'll then get ridiculously fat. Like, do you know what I mean? Like there is that kind of negative output that happens because part of your routine stopped yeah. and the rest of it carried on. Unbalance. You know, and that unbalance comes out normally as, you know, disaster or for me, it's normally sickness. But then, you know, believe it or not, natural healer here. Um, but I think environmental changes in general, like people refer to people. I think that uh, one of the problems is that people think about the sort of magical work that they do and if they don't do a lot of magical work, which let's be fair, beginners fucking don't do bang. Um, they think, well, I've done a spell this week, therefore I should do a cleansing as well this week. But actually, mm -hmm. as you're building up your psychic development, as you're working those magical muscles and such, you're going to be picking up on things. I used to pick up on things even when I went through a long period of not practicing because I used to do, we'll call it volunteering and stuff, being around a lot of elderly sick people. And they fucking bring you down, right? Like, it's not just the fact that they're going on about how shit their lives are. It's actually that you actually feel sick, right? Hearing a bunch of old biddies complaining about, oh, my back hurts or I can't make it to the toilet on time and such makes me actually feel physically weaker. Like, when they're all moaning about, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that, I kind of feel like, oh, I can't really do that. I can't really do that. It rubs off, like on a psychological basis. But there's also something magically to be said about that. If you're in an environment, what is your environment? Think right now about what your environment is, the places in which you spend most of your time, and what magical energies are present there, because there will be magical energies present everywhere. They might not be very potent or strong or stuff that you recognize, but there are stuff. There's things everywhere. Um, Chris, you referred to something as a cautionary tale. Are you talking about your life? Are you saying that your life is a cautionary tale? Because if I fucking said that, I'd get clapped around the head. You literally said you are, the podcast is about you talking about yourself as a cautionary tale or something. So if you've got a story to tell us about Chris, um, they love listening to us not, talk about our magical not an all too Not an all too specific one. I can kind of talk about a little bit about this year um Ooh, okay where, where i'm actually quite concerned about it which is the other reason i brought it up is my dreams for the last couple of weeks have become so fucking mundane it's untrue and you know what mine are like um i struggle to hold on to mine a lot of the time i have to work hard to keep hold of them because you know they're heavily prophetic or whatever um there's a lot going on in there um but these last couple of weeks i've had dreams about spreadsheets i've had dreams about kind of organizing um people's diaries and making sure things have actually happened like that sort of level of mundane shit you haven't been um, dream walking and they've, 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 dreams. okay that sounds it's like been a leaked in, well possibly spreadsheets possibly <laughs> but it's it's leaked into my day like as in in that kind of waking stage i'm still stressing about it yeah. Like I'll wake up kind of going, oh, well, I, that needs to go there and that needs to go there in order to be. And then I suddenly wake, you know, fully awake and I kind of go, what the fuck was that about? Why would I give a shit? Um, like there is this kind of leaking between the two that has happened for me. Kind of, you know, because my mundane life has taken over a little bit this year of, of you know, I've had a massive change in job and the workload that comes with that change of job, trying to find that kind of rebalance in my work, my working week, which has then had an impact on where my volunteer work goes, which has had to be restricted to one day, and then trying to fit thoth around that, and then hoping to actually have a life where I actually meet people mm. other than clients, mm. is getting to that point where I'm like, there aren't enough hours in the week, and I don't have anywhere to shuffle anything anymore. Um, and I've got to the point that, you know, I was quite ill um, with laryngitis, as everybody on here knows, for a really long time. And I actually can't remember the the last time I was ill, like properly ill, um, in at least the last kind of 15 years of my life. Um, you know, mental health not counting. But the kind of being physically ill is such a rarity for me and most of my family, to be fair. But um, 
you know, being actually ill is really rare for me. And a lot of it is because that kind of, um, when that kind of magical flow isn't being used for practice, it's keeping me healthy or it's making changes to my environment in order to make me clear of everything. Like there are big parts of my practice that have to have that included um, or my world would kind of fall apart very quickly. Um, and obviously during laryngitis, I didn't stop working. Like it's not like mm -hmm. I took two weeks off because I can't, I don't have that time. I don't have time yeah. to take time off. You haven't got time um, to be ill. You know, I haven't got time to be ill. Don't be silly. But there's too much yeah. to do. Um, you know, we still carried on seeing clients. We still carried, I still carried on at work. I was still going to the guild and doing my volunteer work. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I couldn't stop doing all those things because otherwise mundane life on the, on the scales was going to completely um, outweigh everything else. Um but I just let's say there's that kind of cautionary tale kind of part of that, which is you need to be able to be mindful of whenever changes happen in your, your life that where you find that balance. And, you know, I'm sure there's lots of people listening who've got children or young children or um, new jobs or husbands to keep, you know, or partners to keep or family, big families that, are, you know, big changes happen. And once you get to practicing at a certain level, you know, and this isn't just a cautionary tale for all those that are elitist. It's just a case of going, you know, once you get to a certain level of practice, cleaning house becomes more and more important. Um, and finding that balance is more and more important because the negative impact isn't necessarily going to come at you. Negative impact is going to more than likely hit the mundanes in your life and it's their lives that are probably going to be shit first but you should be able to pick up those warning signs ahead of if you're mindful of what that actually looks like um so yeah so not a mass uh, you know i maybe i was too heavy with the word cautionary tale but there is the potential for this like okay i'll overshare here Ooh. for you because i know how much you love doing that um my astral body has changed in the last few months of Is its it own accord what are we talking about change no no those sorts of things happen all the time that's not that's un, that's not unusual but most people the, would be thinking change the that's unusual. chris doesn't look like chris anymore but like what do you mean by changed no my astral body has changed in a sense that a few months ago i developed wings is that all that unusual? In a very. Or is that no, permanent No, because now? it feels fairly permanent at the moment, and that's what's making me uncomfortable, um, is because at the moment I seem to be looking like one of those angels I can't stand. Um, ah, the whole altar Because they aren't, they, aren't, <laughs> they aren't angel wings. They're not wings in the sense of what I'm used to having when I need yeah. them. But these wing. are very <laughs> rude um <laughs> you're a dick um <laughs> is these proper like you know big cinematic looking white ones not not kind of actually impacting in the way they should do which is you know having these gorgeous plumes of multicolored feathers or or and by that i mean natural multicolored not some kind of gay rainbow, Liam. The um, you know, used to the mansion being you know hawk wings or whatever. That's not that's something I'm used to. Um, they come in quite useful. This at the moment is kind of like to the point that while I had laryngitis, one was looked heavily infected and broken, like it wouldn't go out, like it was a full-on manifestation of of my kind of clipped wing status at the time. Um, which I'm not used to, but do you know what I mean? Like there was a big, um, but yes, there's me oversharing on the wrong side of the podcast for you. People will understand, it's all right. They'll be thinking, don't worry, Mr. Chris. Lots of people, when they first start astrally projecting, their astral body does all sorts of things, you know? It's like, 
puberty, magical puberty in the astral. <laughs> yes, mine finished a long time ago, everybody. A wolf or a unicorn or something like that, all sorts of animagus type shit. Mr. Chris, as you get more adept in the astral, you may find that you are, in fact, turned into a husky. <laughs> and everyone loves a husky. So much better than one of those, is it bull terriers? Yeah, so much better than one of those things. You know, the ones with the cartoon eyes. <laughs> I'm really saying that because I know someone that's got one and they're probably listening. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's kind of... Do you want to overshare before we get to the private bit where you can even more overshare? Uh, I'm not going to overshare any further. I'm going to ask you oh. to because you've had changes this this year too. Have you had Have you had moments of where your practice has suffered? Um, I've had instances or your mundane life has suffered. <laughs> I don't know if that's classed as practice. Um, I've been practicing having emotions. Does that count? You've been practicing having emotions? <laughs> I've been practicing having emotions for when I actually get one, one eventually, you know, because apparently they're quite overwhelming, so I want to prepare myself, right? Okay. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I discovered a long time ago that the thing like when you get sick, because I'm a bit like you, I don't really get ill very often. There's only one thing that makes me ill generally, apart from maybe some sort hey, of fever. pandemic. And even that only affected me when I took the shielding down for it, the magical protections, literally the day after I took magical protections down, I bumped into someone with it and they gave it to me. And I knew it was that person because I didn't see anyone else. And they told me they got it in front of me when they were spewing their guts up. Um, coughing and shit so when i get ill on the rare occasion that i get ill there's that there's that period after which right because normally it's like a day or so that i feel really sicky and then after that i kind of feel i feel tired and i feel kind of sick but i don't feel impaired if that's what if you know what i mean mm -hmm. that's really good like even though you feel shitty i feel like no i'm still ill i'm not doing anything and there's that that period of time, which is Netflix chill time. And I really like that. That's like my equivalent of a holiday. The aftermath of illness is my equivalent of a holiday because the magical stuff's kind of still switched off to a certain extent, pushed away. So I don't think I'm as sensitive as I normally would be. And mundanely, I'm not being responsible like I'm supposed to be because I'm off ill. And these kind of all these things that start to come in, I start to find new Netflix documentaries and programs and go on to YouTube and that. I quite like the aftermath of illness. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I've been having to re-go through, I suppose, shadow working and stuff like that for recent because of a, not really a bad manifestation. I think it was my Saturn return that did it, but um yeah i i've been having to go through loads of shit recently but i mean it it affects your weakest link doesn't it so i yeah. haven't really had any magical manifestations in a negative sense from other people or dealing with spirits and stuff like that it's mainly just been myself doing stuff um this week because this is sunday and the podcast will be coming out on monday i think Thursday. Uh, Thursday's the normal one because the extended one on the Patreon now comes out on Monday. Oh, uh, okay. Um, so that they can listen and then they can listen to the half one on the Thursday and we'll get more views, you see, Chris. Uh, okay. I really should have done it the other way around, but I didn't think about it at the time. Um, yeah, so there was a tweaking on the magical web this week where like loads of stuff, because I've done some various spells and stuff like that, jar spells and charm bags and all that sort of shit. Because um, I do them for like examples and to show people and go through one. So I normally take them through it by doing one myself. So I've got like little collections of bullshit spell work that I don't really care that much about. Uh, one of them was a new job spell. <laughs> what I do is I plug them into my web so as things kind of affect my aura or, you know, that kind of thing, then it generally just dissipates a bit like, you know, on buildings, they put lightning protection 
So if lightning strikes the top of a building or types of building, then you've normally got these high powered cables, flat cables that go from the top all the way to the bottom and are offset. It's the thing that most people wouldn't know about unless you specialize in electrical engineering or roofs and shit. But yeah, like I have a system in that, which is my basic magical protections, which covers me for pretty much everything um, of, you know, the, the average magical practitioner. Their spell work and stuff, if they hex you, curse you, do nice magic that ends up fucking up anything like that that Jim really gets shoved in my direction that just picks it up and transmutes the energy and pushes it into whatever pot that my spells are in. So whatever these things are, I had a little influx over this week, possibly a number of things, attention and such like that. I think I've got from some magical folk and uh, it was enough to kind of super energize some of these bullshit spells that I'd done um, to the point where they had quick manifestations and things. So that was quite interesting this week, but it was all positive stuff because it was spells that I'd done. So whether they, other people had decided to do nice things or nasty things or why, I don't really know. But either way, this week's been like very healing, I suppose, for me. Lots of things taken care of that I've not put any effort into. Um, I think my biggest issue has been ma magical and mundane in the separation of. Because... I don't really have much of a separation in terms of like what most people would because we're out as magical practitioners. It's not something that we keep secret, secret. We might not talk about our own personal works and stuff, but you know, we're happy with people knowing that we are weirdo, magical, occult people. So I don't really have that that a lot of people have when they're stuck in the broom closet. But what I do have is I do have this trying to keep a life going, trying to ground myself in in humanity and being human. And I think one of the important things to do that is that switching of humans going through their lives normally trying to get power. When you get to a level where you have a certain amount of sway over things and over your life, you're trying to give that up. You're trying to like, should I get involved with this? Should I really re-steer the ship if the wind is pushing me in this direction? And sometimes the wind is pushing you in a direction that's useful and that you might not necessarily feel like it is at the time, but you have the power if you want to, to steer in another direction. I tend to find that that's the case, that I have perhaps over the past 10 to 15 years not steered the ship because I felt too much that, oh, I need to be mundane, more mundane than I am. Some people will be thinking, fucking hell, Liam, you're not really that mundane, though, are you? Whereas I kind of think, well, actually, I, I try my absolute best to blend in with people and stuff. And I'm thinking, like, now, I don't know. I, I'm thinking, like, I could be persuaded to stop giving a shit like one does when they reach a certain age, which in gay years, I suppose I've reached that age of not giving a shit. No, you haven't. You've got a few more years yet. No, I don't think so. I'm getting all the profiles that are popping up that are saying, don't speak to me if you're over the age of 30, constantly on all of these different social media platforms and such. It's, it's like 30 in gay years is what 60 is in straight people years. It's the black hole between... <laughs> well, I'm not a twink and I'm not old enough to be a daddy. Yeah, it's the black hole between me. up until 35 between 25 and 35, you don't really exist. Um, I would say between 30 and 50. No. Really? After, after 35, people go into the, the daddy phase and everybody wants one of those. It's just whether or not you'll feel like you'll want the ones that are desiring you, Liam. That's the problem. Because that's well, where all the twinks come out. I never do. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's it for this episode of the No Horse Bard Witchcraft Podcast. I don't think we shared anything, really, so we're going to probably have to do a slightly better job on the Patreon. But like you know, most of these episodes, I can never remember what we even talked about anyway when the episode's done. So this is obviously the half edition, the first half an hour, put out for free on YouTubes and such. 
we will be going into another half an hour where we generally overshare and gossip and talk about deep intellectual dark occultism and such like that but you have to subscribe to the thoth witchcraft patreon which everyone now is obviously on the thoth witchcraft patreon so have you got any dark wisdom about do as i say not as i do is that a threat do as i say not as i do because it sounds like a threat to me sort of thing that you tell one of your mentees no it's it's not it's not meant as a threat liam no there isn't a it isn't said that i'm going to cut your fingers off if you don't do what i say that's basically saying don't take my example um what's actually being talked about that kind of exists between you and i so the 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 mentee and the the mentor is actually that meeting of space between is what's important not necessarily what either are doing is that you get to that point between the two where the answer is is what i'm saying um so just because i've told you that's the way to do it um doesn't mean i do it that way myself because as a mentor we're supposed to be looking into your world Mm. and saying this is how it would work for you not well i do it this way well my my universe is very different to yours even from one mentor to another like me to you liam our worlds work very differently there are similarities but they operate on very different terms um interesting what you'd said earlier about um the weakest link manifesting through the weakest link my problem has been focus that Mm. kind of very mercurial aspect of being able to order things which is what's playing out in my dreams is that attempt to try and grasp that back because my concentration over the last few months uh, the last month at least has been really difficult um i'm having to like write things down in order to remember them it's been that bad um so just where i've kind of maxed out on on my mundane life and trying to get it to then focus um you also said something else just before the end of that and i can't think what it was but my response to it was going to be um i i had one of those moments at a party yesterday i was at a retirement party yesterday afternoon and a client that we had at a local event kind of literally kind of um across the room went something along the lines of um i know you yeah um and then i was kind of like what the fuck um and for the first few seconds like who the fuck are you they were calling you a bitch they were just slurring their words because they were pissed at the retirement party you're a bitch then I ended up having to do a 30 minute impromptu explanation of what we do. Oh, um, can you give us one? I mean, I know we've got less than 30 minutes left, but I'd be that meant multiple people kind of suddenly stood around me going, Well, what does that mean? What does that mean? Um, explain, please explain. Um, which is the bit I fucking hate. But unfortunately, one of that group was the host's daughter, so I couldn't exactly say no to her. Did you um, not just turn her into a toad and then say to the others, this is basically the gist of it? Uh, you know, but when you get those really mundane questions about, you know, oh, does that mean you cast spells? Do you cast spells? Do you cast spells? Like, oh, like like magic, magic, magic. Like, you know, and they kind of can't even get their words out quick enough yeah. to ask the questions that they want to ask. Um, You know, normally anywhere else i just go go and look at the website or youtube and come back to me later go in the baby witches crash if you're brave um, enough no i don't even put them there those though the only people that i direct there are actually on our content not oh, serious not external people. to the content they've the actually listened to us. you're talking about people that want to use you as a circus act yes i don't like those people and i don't tolerate them very well Oh dear. Um, but yeah, so I redirected them to content and said, you know, Thoth TV, go search on YouTube, enjoy, come back with your real questions in the future. Um, and then I just kind of gave a bit of a synopsis of what we do as a business. 
So kind of, you know, mentoring and podcast and what those different things do, content yeah. out there. <laughs> huh? Mummification. <laughs> no, I don't mention those sorts of high level. Uh, just um, the lightweight stuff. Though. Costly things. Just the lightweight stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, I've lost I've lost my thread again now. That was just to kind of respond to something you said 10 minutes ago. Um, but you were in a flow and I didn't want to interrupt you. The um, Yeah, so the big thing for me is just kind of actually the last week or so, as I've been apparently having time off, um, which has basically meant I've put up two exhibitions and, and other other stuff. Um, but the I've been trying to force myself to actually look at the problem. You know, the fact that the uh, <laughs> we've had two heat waves in the space of three weeks and that my garden's dying, apart from the things that can actually survive that heat, um, of the, the nice fleshy things that I like to play with and collect are having to fight for their lives at the moment. That sort of kind of like, okay, like even reminding myself to find time to water plants over the last few weeks has been kind of forced to remember i can't kill everything come on let's water everything so even to the point where my kind of natural venusian side is being forced um because it's not no longer part of my routine um and like i say bad sleep um, i think the only thing that's actually being maintained is my um my cleanses but whether or not they're actually going deep enough, because I'm not doing the other cleanses that I would normally be doing, you know, on my on lovely walks, Liam. Oh, walk, I see. On, on my walks. You've still been keeping up with your colonic appointments, though. And no, I haven't got time for those. <laughs> I haven't got time for those. Um. So, yeah, so kind of like a big part of that moment is, and and I was talking about we were talking about it to a client the other day, um, where we were talking about receptacles to catch that energy. Mm. So my answer to a lot of this problem with the kind of leakage, shall we say, the nuclear fallout, is to have receptacles around your house, particularly, that are going to kind of mop up that leftover energy so that you can utilize it later. Um, but that way it's not being wasted or causing harm to the people around you. Um, and that in, in saying that, I suddenly realised mine are all empty. Mm. Like I, I have currently no, you know, my favourite way to do that is with candles that are normally all around the house. Um, and then I just slowly use each one up and replace them. Well, I've slowly been using them all up over the last couple of months since my laryngitis and I haven't replaced the ones I've used which means currently there are no receptacles around the house collecting my nuclear fallout mm. so you know it's one of those one of those like I say do as I say not as I do because I'm not practicing as well as I probably should be right now regret do as I say, not as I do. There's a lot of actual teachers, like that teach in schools and stuff, that tell you because they don't want the students like disrespecting them. So when you're younger and you're a child, you're supposed to do what your superiors and your elders tell you to do, even if you know it's a crock of shit, right? They don't cope well with being told no. And they cope even less well with a well-reasoned argument as to why the teacher is wrong. <laughs> um, when you get to a certain age, you get old, right? So you're crusty and old in your seven is and eight is, right? And you look back over your life and you try to give advice out, particularly to younger people that don't listen, right? Do as I say, not as I do. Also implies I've made mistakes in my life and I don't want you to make the same mistake. I find myself giving a lot of that advice out uh, recently, but it's been to mundane people. It's not been magically magical people, really. Um, younger people. I don't really mix 
with young people, generally the youngest people that I tend to mix is with people in their 40s. <laughs> which is which is young to you. Which is young to me. 40s is young for me. But like I'm meeting people that are in their teens and 20s, which is very strange. Um, and, you know, I'm doing the old person thing of like looking back in my life and projecting onto other people when I feel, oh, I made this mistake or I did that thing and I don't want you to do it. Um, but I'm telling them the opposite of what everyone else is telling them that's in the old fogey position. <laughs> so the old fogey position is normally don't go out and do silly things and such. And, uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm kind of more inclined to think because I look back at my life and I think, uh, you know, I've made a lot of stupid decisions by doing responsible things. And I'm trying to look back and I'm trying to think, I wish I'd been less responsible when I was younger. Because um, I could have gotten away with it then. You know, you can get away with it then. And then the world and the universe doesn't really care that much. But now I want to do a responsible thing. No, but that's what you say for retirement, Liam. You're suddenly, it's suddenly socially ex acceptable again to start behaving like a lunatic that doesn't care. Mm. is once you're once you're kind of past that magical 60 mark no me me my response is fuck it you know that's my my motto yeah. just fuck it like it, what do you want to do go and do that um you know because at the end of the day you've got broken eggs well will we just make an omelet um you know if you fuck it up there's always a way to kind of rectify it um Obviously, there reaches a point where people broken eggs to them is smashing up universes, but we hope they get to there and they've got the kind of moral <laughs> and ethical um, framework that they've built by the time they get there, because they're not going to wake up that point, are they? You've, you know, that that takes time and effort to get there. Um, there are very few naturals of ever meant who've accidentally broken a universe. Um, they are fairly rare. Uh, I'm not saying they're impossible, but they are fairly rare. Mm. Um, so, yeah, my response was always, you know, fuck it, give it a go. Why are you caring about that so much? Like, Yeah. But so, then I'm, you know, morally probably questionable. <laughs> morally <laughs> rude. Um, <laughs> morally in the red, I would say. Maybe not completely bankrupt, but you're certainly in the red. Rude. Um, so so mentoring so i i've always been in so the reason why i don't do the way they take on apprentices like the way we do things is not apprentice style it's not old-fashioned and no. I, i've had people that have like said that i am morally bankrupt myself for not doing it that way for doing things the way teaching occultism genuine occultism the way we teach it is morally wrong apparently according to certain people um but i care a lot about people that i teach and i care too much i care more than i ever people would realize you know um so the only way to stop myself from getting too involved is to put those barriers in of saying it's your life when you take on an apprentice you're responsible for all of that curriculum you're responsible for replacing you essentially they need to replace you which means they need to be better or the same as you and let's be fair if you are a master craftsman of any field it's going to take a considerable amount of effort and the majority of people aren't going to make it it's only going to be those certain people that really people with talent that apply themselves they will probably make it but it's going to take them a lot of effort and it's going to be painful i have struggled with adapting to the style that we have agreed to adapt our teaching too which is to be very open and more along the lines of like we say personal training type thing uh their path they decide what they want to do um at this stage i again that's come up very recently as to feeling kind of like i need to have a word with myself about how i feel about that because at the end of the day there are there are people that are getting to a certain magical level and they're starting to realize certain things they're starting to realize where they are 
in the timeline of things that are yet to come. And there are lots of other people, which is the general cult world, that are kind of running around uh, hippies in a field picking daisies when a tsunami is on the verge of wiping them all out. So I kind of think like, you can't talk about the tsunami because that causes a panic and at the end of the day, they're fucked, aren't they? Um, but for the people that are smart enough to deal with things that I feel should have their attentions turned that way is very delicate because you can't involve yourself too much in their path. But there are certain people, we had a conversation this week or last week, technically, I think it was, uh, with the archivist, right? Who is being told by multiple powerful spirits, deity level spirits and such about certain things. And that particular person, archivist, mentee, is putting things together, kind of understanding, but at the same time, how much do you push that? In that meeting, I was inclined to push things a little bit more than I normally would, but I don't know. I suppose I'm wondering at this point how much you reveal, how much we reveal, how much about a person's path we give them because i like people to make informed choices and that's not the way this universe is supposed well, to well you you often tell me off because i've said something you weren't going to say um or that i back or if i give a hint now to me that hint i've only given because i feel i feel compelled to give that hint mm. i don't feel like that that's necessarily going to give them the answer but my hope is that it will give them a, just a small nudge to kind of because i know we can be quite cryptic yeah. um big, and i think sometimes we carry this mode in where we're being quite cryptic um into those sessions and you're like a lot of these students sit around listing over and over again to the cryptic mm. So when I feel like I feel like when I, I have them in person, I have an obligation to be a slightly less cryptic um, yeah. in the sense that I kind of want you to have told you to have told me your experience and for me to go, OK, well, there are a couple of options there. We can nudge you in that direction or we can nudge you in this direction. Um, and to me, I just feel like we've we've handed a menu and kind of gone, you know, well, we suggest this one, you know, like the maitre d'. Um, this wine would pair particularly nice. This is um, <laughs> But you don't need to go with that. Um, and I think we're very good at it. And I I do struggle myself as well with the kind of resisting the urge to overshare, particularly when you've got students that are doing really well. Mm. Um, and you're kind of like, oh, well, I want to push. I want, I want you to get that next bit as fast as possible um but yes i'm constantly aware like you that you don't want to kind of pull the rug from underneath them and have them fall flat on their face because you didn't prepare them mm. um you know that's how broken bones happen in the gym like do you know what i mean like it's because you pushed them too hard mm. and it wasn't at a we can stretch that muscle and you get there or <laughs> rather than a um, or just try that one that's twice as heavy. Um, let's see. <laughs> Which is what I feel like we have done in the past. I feel like there have been moments where we have done that in the past and gone, yeah, go and fucking lift that one. Um, just to kind of, you know, I, I imagine at the time, I'm trying to think of a good example, but I can't. Um, I imagine that we've gone, you're not going to be able to lift that, but you'd at this point feel inv invincible. And you need to realise that there is a framework for you, because I think that's kind of often what happens is once once you get on a roll um, and you seem to be able to do everything left, right and centre that we ask, that then reaches a point where they fall off and you kind of want them to fall off sooner rather than later so that they don't get to a bigger end. And suddenly they're halfway up the hill and they fall off there because that's a bigger, a bigger leap to the ground. Um, more damage is potentially to happen. So that kind of balancing that, I think, for us can be quite 
quite difficult at times is kind of we where climbing, though. we do that's the problem and it's that it's that is the giving away what mountain are you on yeah are you on everest or are you on a different one is everest the, the most dangerous mountain to climb now might be technically the biggest but it's not the most dangerous one um and that's what you always want to give away that's what i always have a compulsion to give away and the problem is is when you give that away either people will really have a breakdown or like some obviously won't believe you yet but i mean that comes in time they can't really escape um normally the the big problem is because i'm thirsty for people to progress is that they've accomplished something they've accomplished something big for them that's been quite a shattering experience and then you turn around and say okay next and it's kind of like wait a minute i've done something amazing that rarely anyone is accomplishing that and you've just said next and i'm kind of like right yeah okay we need to indulge we need to pat you on the back and give you a gold star on that which i normally try to do but like i'm always thirsty for them to get further you know i'm like the the dad that lives vicariously through his son you know <laughs> it's that kind of a thing it's kind of like i remember the days when i had quests and shit it was like i just want you to do well you know but maybe sometimes it doesn't come out maybe i come out a bit too or appear a bit too harsh perhaps sometimes maybe i need to work on that i don't think i do because i know you really some of you just need a slave master to whip you rather than someone to pat you on the back but isn't that why we do things some people like two mentees double double trouble well, that's the thing i think generally Good that is our safeguard isn't it is having both of us there um and kind of allows that even if we've missed an episode kind of thing um you know that there's a kind of catch for both and and obviously our recordings really so where we're actually you know the even if you're not there i know there'll be notes about it about the important things that were said so i can come back to those next time and kind of pick it up where we've left off so i kind of feel like we have a great system um i do wonder how we'd ever manage if we went to got to the kind of hundred mentees at any one time kind of point well, we get the first town to teach it's no different than the martial arts school in it you've got your disciples traditionally and then the ones that start at first know a little bit and you get them to teach the beginners yeah. that's how it works suppose yeah that's how cults start, Chris. You've got that's, to build that, that a build. That's my concern, Liam. That's how cults start. You need to recruit a few more wives, I think. Uh, <laughs> how many have you got at the moment? Five. <laughs> About that, probably. I've got four. One of them died. Oh. There's a, there's an opening for another wifey, a wifelet. They all so, have their specialisms. Anyway, <laughs> what do you want to talk about on the last like five or so minutes? Did we summarize, do what I say, not as I do? Do as I say, not as I do, yeah? I suppose. Yeah, there's the... I think, I think we've covered a fair amount of ground today in the sense that um, what we actually mean by it. I think actually practice practice you know we try best to practice what we preach but ultimately there will be there will be times when life gets in the way um and i kind of just want to remind people that one to be mindful of it but also two not to care too much about it like just be mindful that it can happen and does happen quite frequently um and that they just need to kind of be mindful that that how they're going to react when that does um because the last thing we kind of want is someone that's doing really well suddenly given up on the process just because they've had a little knock by life, not by us. I think they're quite used to us, you know, backhanding them back into position. Um, whereas when life does it to people, that can be, um, you know, like that you trying to discover emotion, Liam, that if that goes wrong that is more likely going to impact your mundane life than it is your magical one 
um, because you'll have made yourself vulnerable in some way, shape or form in order to feel emotion. Um, so, you know, that's where people kind of mess shit up is, um, you know, making those big changes to the mundane life and then not adapting the rest of their life to it. Um, or at least giving giving the rest of it some thought when you make these big decisions of what how the rest of it falls into place. Mm. So do as I say, not as I do. You've got a lot of abilities and experience that people that you're teaching don't. When they go and they make a mistake or mess about with something, it's different. When I used to train apprentices in electrical engineering, you'd be told, you know, safely isolate things, right? You have to safely isolate things that you don't, you know a little bit, but you don't know enough. I used to do live workings, and sometimes you'd say that that's bad practice, but actually in some cases, like, that's the only way of doing it, because you can't shut off an entire electrical grid. For a city, right, things, certain mm -hmm. workings and stuff get done live in big industrial units and stuff. Um, and there's safety precautions and stuff like that. But I used to do some things live. If it had a 30 milliamp RCD and I did the test and I know they worked, I know that I could do some stuff on light and circuits and sockets and stuff like that, which would get a buzz and hurt, but it's not going to kill me. I know that because I understand how it works. And I've done the checks and stuff like that. It's still dangerous because you'd get electrocuted if you've done it wrong. I used to do it. I used to say I'd do it to save time, but actually it was the buzz, not buzz of the electric shock, partly, but the buzz of the danger of it. So like this does transfer to my magical practice. I've done some stupid shit that part of me thinks this is 50-50 chance whether this goes right or wrong. From an outside perspective, a lot of these magical folk will say, oh my gosh, Liam, you don't know what you're doing. You're doing terrible things. That's dangerous. You shouldn't do that. That's not done right. I'm doing it because it's like the frill, the flutter, Antibiro used to call it, uh, like gambling. You're like, is this going to work out? Is it not going to work out, right? I got a fey trap over there, right? Made a little fey trap. I know it's going to cause backlash, and I know I don't really need it, but part of me feels like perpetual boredom with magical practice to a certain extent. And it's for troublemakers like me, occasionally, kind of like i'm do i take the safe road or do i take the dangerous road knowing that if i do take the dangerous road and fuck up it's not going to be a major problem but i'm gonna feel something for a second i don't like it when magic goes, and this is super fucking elitist chris so i can only talk to you about this i don't like it when magic goes right too much <laughs> but magic yeah. works perfectly it's boring yeah. So I try to add an element of danger in some of my magical workings and stuff. And some people will be scared shitless because they'll think, but Liam, you've done work for me. Or Liam, you do things professionally. And I'd like to say that I do all of that above board and take health and safety and stuff really seriously. In reality, but I don't. you'd be lying. <laughs> I would be lying. I don't. I I'd only, I make, I make educated and strategic slip ups in order to make things more exciting okay <laughs> should i admit to that probably not but i've done it now <laughs> and i'm really sure as shit can't be bothered to edit it all out because i'd have to listen to this it all again um but yeah the thrill of it chris do you have thrills do you get thrills from making things not quite work out how you pan, pan not pan out how you interfering with that on our magical spell casting uh, circle you've got the intention you know what you want you need to get there but that journey part do you fuck about with that at all yeah you can leave you can leave the path some paths open to interpretation just because i think it's necessary um because i think if we started practicing in a way that might was so clean then you don't have that opportunity for crazy things to happen um like all, like for me, you know, not to be overly Venusian, but that's kind of my thing. You know, you put a framework up there, but ultimately they're, they're going to grow the way they want to up that. Um, so I kind of like to go, well, here's the framework. 
but there's a few holes in the framework to allow you know exciting things to happen but i think that i find that we do that with them in manageable um zones do you know what i mean like you know what level of fuck up is possibly going to be there it's not like you've kind of left one of the wires just hanging um just to see who trap you know who burns himself like do you know what i mean like it is i feel like there are plot holes there on purpose that have the potential for great learning or a funny that's the other time i do it for right we're out of time for this edition of the no Hosbard witchcraft podcast goodbye and good luck if you are one of the people i am currently currently doing a spells on <laughs>